Welcome to the Life in the Stocks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Matt Stocks. I'm the host, and the show features unedited, in-depth, candid conversations with a wide range of musicians, actors, comedians, and creatives. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Life in the Stocks on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and indeed all major podcast platforms. Be sure to give me a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well, at MattStocksDJ. That way you can keep up to date with all of my live Q&A dates, my DJ performances, and of course, who's coming up on the show as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Here we go. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Shippy shipwreck, what are you doing, my brother? It's so good to see you, man. Right back at you, buddy. Where are you? Got to come back out here. We got a bottle of Jack waiting for you. You're ready to go, man. (laughs) Well, (laughs) cheers to you. Cheers to you. Good to see you. I've got some news, Zach, which might surprise you. Hopefully, will will please you. Um, I've actually given up booze just just recently. I follow follow you on Instagram. I know what's going on. You know what's going on. So, um, yeah, it reached the point where... What's going on with your prostate exams? (laughs) (laughs) You got a clean bill of health. Your diet's on point. You're good to go. Well, it took me a while to realize, but, um, you know, I finally reached the point where I was like, it's fun till it's not fun, right? And then you got to make some changes. No, I never reached that point. It was always fun for me. It never got non-fun. No, it's just... No, like everybody asked me, they just said, when did you stop drinking? Well, I mean, put it this way. The doctor told me when I was 42, he said, Zach, if you keep drinking the way you're rolling with you and the, and the berserkers, he goes, by the time, before you're 45, you'll have a liver transplant. So that was pretty much the end right there. That was the end of the problem. So nothing more needs to be said. But I mean, I, I had, I'll tell you the whole time, we had a good time while it was rolling. Though. While the pub was open, it was nothing but laughs, man. So... Let me ask you this, Zach. Was it hard for you to say goodbye to that life or because of the health, you know, presentation and facts that you were given? Was it a fairly easy decision? Like, did you have to wrestle for a while or was it an easy walk away for you? No, it was, it was easy. I mean, I, I just like I, I don't think put it this way. I, you know, because a lot of people are like, oh, it's a struggle every day. I guess everybody is different. You know what I mean? For me, it's not. It's just like how people say marriage is work or whatever. If anything's work, and you got to hang out with somebody, then you shouldn't be around that person, man. I mean, if it's exhausting, bro. I mean, it's just like stop already. It's just like no. I I just was like, people were like, "What did you replace it with?" I go, "Nothing." I still do the when I used to lift weights. I'd bring a twelve pack with me when I go to the gym. You know what I mean? So, but I mean, you know, no. I just I just drink coffee now. So I mean, it's just you know, coffee and water. That's it. But uh, no, I, I didn't like I still go to bars. I still hang out. The guys still drink. Everybody hangs. I mean, it doesn't bother me. Like, you know what I mean? I, I still laugh about all the time. We all get hammered, and just like crying, laughing about all these like goofy, ridiculous stories. But, uh, you know, because you know how it always goes. It goes 
no great story ever started with a salad <laughs> <laughs> or a soda. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, uh, no, nothing but lots of laughs. And I mean, you know, it's just, uh, thank goodness nobody ever really got hurt really bad or anything like that. But I mean, it's just, uh, no, I, 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 it, I, I haven't had a drink in like 12 years, but I mean, I still hang out with my friends. I still go out and like, but it doesn't, I don't, it's almost like I'm a team owner now. You know, it'd be like David Beckham asking him, oh man, you miss playing? And he's like, well, no, I missed the camaraderie with the guys and I missed the playing. Yeah, it was fun when I was playing. But like David Beckham owns Manchester United now. Now he's involved with trades. He's involved with the concessions. You know, what 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 kind of restaurants they're putting in the stadium. I mean, like down to how to make parking better at the stadium. I mean, he, he's involved. Every day he wakes up, his day revolves around how he can make everything better. So, I mean, he's just like he has – he just shifted his passion over to being a team owner that he was when he was a great player. So, it's, it's no – now, I, I don't I don't sit around. I've never gone, man, I, I really could use a drink right now. I Now, I just never – now, I, I, I did that. Now, I don't – you know, like, do I miss all the years in high school? I had great – I had awesome friends in high school. We had awesome times and drinking down at the sewer plant. But no, I don't. I'm I'm happy where I'm at now, man. You know what I mean? I'm happy. You know, I was happy fisting my prostate and having a cocktail, and now I'm happy fisting my prostate and having a coffee. You know, so if anything, you enjoy it more because you're present in that moment. <laughs> I enjoyed it when I wasn't present. <laughs> it's all good. It's all perspective, man. Oh, how you look at it? Yeah, but I mean, just have fun with it until. You're not having fun with it, then just go out. Oh, it's the end of this. So, you know, then next you just move on. Yeah. And I'm the same as you. I still like, I've been to pubs quite a few times in the last few days whilst not drinking, and I've still enjoyed it just as much. Um, and I like that kind of like, you know, you're sitting around, you're bullshitting, you're telling stories. Like for me, it's that social side of it is the most fun part. And you don't need to lose that side, do you? Obviously, there are some people who like can't be around it, but I still love being around it. It's just, yeah, I can't partake. Yeah. Well, you know, that's why I just sniff glue and I, you know, eat paint chips now. And the results are astoundingly the same. <laughs> I wake up in the morning with my pants around my ankles and all the fellas are like, bro, you were hilarious last night. I don't remember any of it, but I mean, but it is less filling. So less, less calories. And I, you know, so it's, it's better for, you know, to keep my diet on point. That black label Miss America diet, you know what I mean? I got to let you know two things, Zach, before we go any further. The first is I just spoke to Nita Strauss yesterday, um, and she had such lovely words to say about you in regards to this thing that we're talking about. She actually started crying when she was talking about it. I'll, I'll send you the little clip. It was beautiful. But she said when she kind of got freshly sober and she was trying to figure out, like, her way forward, she said that you were one of the first people to put your arm around her and just be like, you're going to be all right. And your exact words, I think, were little hurricane. Don't be a pussy. And yeah, truth, she was man. she was yeah. so grateful for your help. And she, yeah, yeah, she was had, awesome, man. She's, she's amazing. What a yeah. player. Yeah, she's an amazing player and just great people. So, you know what I mean? So, yeah, Nita's awesome. Love her. And the other thing I want to say is the last time, obviously, we saw each other was when I was out on tour with you. And from the bottom of my heart, I need to say thank you because I've been on tours with punk bands rock bands hip-hop bands ska bands every kind of like genre and you know outfit and operation i've ridden on the bus with and, and been out with but nobody has ever treated me half as good as the way you guys did you made me feel like part of the family and um i just kind of had such amazing memories of that tour that helped get me through that lockdown period you know because pretty much as soon as we parted ways yeah, well, it was it works, like it works it works both ways everybody over here loves the shippy shipwreck man come on <laughs> How could you not love the shippy shipwreck? You're the best. <laughs> well, I woke up that morning after the Birmingham show and I was in my bunk. And you know, when you have those like mornings where you have the beer fear, and I just woke up and I was like, oh no. I was like, the guys are going to be so pissed off at me. I was a fucking asshole last night. And you busted my balls, but you treated me, you know, still the same. And I'll never and forget I, that. And I poured you another jack and gave you another, <laughs> I gave you another beer. So you would have I said, here you go. We'll fix that. There you go. It was amazing. Yeah, some of the happiest times of my life. So thank you, yeah, Jack. It was good times, man, for sure. That was a great one. Great How is it? Thank you, dude. How is it being back out? It's, it's awesome. It's just pretty much like it feels just like we left off right where we 
where we started, you know? So, I mean, it was just like when we actually played the rave in Milwaukee, it felt like, I mean, it was 22 months was our last show was at the rave. And then when we were playing, we were just there playing there. It was like, wow, this is like, seems like we went home for a month and now we're here. So it was definitely, it was awesome. it's funny how time works in that way doesn't it weren't you out with black label when the covid shutters came down weren't you literally on tour as everything got got locked well no i mean i was home you know i told barbara ann i'd wake up every morning you know thank the good lord and then after that i'd move on have a couple of odin force and then bring bring the dogs for a walk and i tell barb on that if you've ever if you've never slept with a professional dog walker now's your chance (laughs) so you know no, but I loved it. I mean, uh, for me, because I'm always torn. So for me, I mean, the longest I'd ever be home <clears throat> would be like maybe 10 days, if tops, like two weeks. And I mean, I would usually have something going on. But I mean, uh, this time it was just like, you know, I actually had time to like, you know, I'd pick Sabbath up from school, you know, bring him to his uh, cheek on go classes, stuff like that. And just, it was awesome. Just hanging at home and then you know but while we were home we still were getting stuff done we worked on the box set you know the none more black box set so that was a nice trip down memory lane so we did that worked on that then we uh we did videos for it you know like three videos for it and then after that you know barb was like hey maybe maybe we'll have you guys work on a new record and i said well one of the guys gonna come out to the vatican she goes you got about a month i said all right cool that means i got a month to write a record so you know, and every day you just sit and you you go hunting for riffs, you know, and you know, they're, they're within this two mile radius. So you just keep digging and digging and digging until we find. So if we don't find something over here today, then we we come back tomorrow, dig some more until we find something. So, you know, I mean, that's how you do it. Then the guys came out. And I mean, Jeffy and, you know, business as usual, Jeff and J.D. came out. <clears throat> And Jeff would just listen to the parts. I mean, all the I'd record everything. I mean, all the guitars were doubled, everything that you hear on the new new album, the Doom Crew Inc. record. All all done, all the music. So I mean, Jeff would just listen and go, all right, Zach, what's that? I go, we all come in over, we'll come in on this part, and this is this section, this is this section, whatever, you know, the arrangement. And Jeff would just play air drums to it and just go, Okay, cool. Let me uh let me go record it. And then Jeff would take like two or three passes at it and he's done. And he's like, All right, next song. He ended up tracking like 30 songs when we were out there. He was done in about a week. So, you know, it was, yeah, you just fly through it, man. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so that, that's, and here we are now. And now the record's going to be coming out. So, you know, it's uh, it's definitely awesome. So hopefully we'll be rolling over in Europe pretty soon, you know. I mean, they have shows up for, what, all the festivals for 2022, right? So hopefully that's what will that's what'll be happening. Well, if you need a DJ. I know a guy. Exactly. <laughs> there can only be one, and that's Shippy Shipwreck, buddy. <laughs> so what about the new Aussie record? Has that been made during the kind of lockdown pandemic times as well, or, or had that <clears throat> already started before yeah, all of this well, started? I mean, well, Oz had he had written a record with Andrew, and he was like, Zach, yeah, I just need you to play guitar on it and stuff like that. And, you know, if you want to, if there's any things you want to change or, what, you know, put your own things in there or whatever. So I was like, yeah, okay, I'll just send the, send the tracks over. And then I had him in the Vatican and I just did all the stuff on it. And then like, you know, there's, there's like three songs where I guess Tony Iommi's on it. You got Lord Iommi, you got Eric Clapton, you got <clears throat> Jeff Beck. And I'm playing, you know, on the other songs, I'm playing solos and everything like that. But on those, on the tracks where they were on, I'm like playing rhythm guitar. I go, this is like, if you would have told 14 year old me when I was 14 in my bedroom practicing in Jackson, New Jersey, that I was going to be on a record playing rhythm guitar with like all my heroes <clears throat> forget about it you know so uh no it was definitely an honor so you know knock that out so we'll see and then you know we'll, we'll take it from there hopefully you know oz got his neck done again so we're just waiting on him until he you know he's ready to go then we then we roll so but i mean for the time being i guess it's just going to be black label i'm sure we'll fit some Zach Sabbath stuff in there, in there, whatever, you know what I mean? Then you also have Generation X. I talk with Stephen Nuno and, and Tosin and all the guys all the time. So, and Ingbe, but I mean, it's just like, well, whenever we roll with that again, and then, you know, always experience Hendrix and everything like that. So once everything starts opening up again, it's off. I mean, right now we're, we're rolling black wave. Did you find yourself getting busier once you put down the drink? Cause you're one of the busiest guys I know. 
um, like did everything accelerate once you cut back on the partying or were you always that guy like even if you were partying hard were you still out there every day hustling nah, and getting we, it done we, we rolled it was just <clears throat> we were, you know you know no nah, we just rolled like you know <laughs> like like tanks man you know what i mean <laughs> like a patent tank brigade bro so i mean no it didn't matter how banged up or anything we got you you, you answer the bell so uh yeah, it's black label special ops, man. So, you know, the berserkers. So the whole thing is, um, no, we were, we always, I mean, back then when we were, when we were hitting the sauce, I was doing an album a year. Yeah. You know, some, some of the, some, in some of those things, some of those years, it was two albums in a year. So, I mean, you know, we were constantly working. So there was no, and you know, we were just having fun with it. You know, there was never, it was, it never gotten away of us you know because it wasn't just me drinking back in the drinking days it was it was the doom crew and it was, it was everybody in the band at doom crew it was like animal house it really was like <laughs> Delta, you know what i mean toga toga it was, it was everybody it was just a rolling tank man so i mean it's just like uh i mean people would come out with us and they'd be in the, in the sub for about less than a week they'd be like i gotta get out of here i can't <laughs> live like this man you know what i mean it's just like every day it, it was shippy shipwreck every day, man. <laughs> you know, you just wake up and you start all over again. Bro. <laughs> but I mean, no, it just, no, it's not, it's not that, you know, all of a sudden I'm working more just because uh, there's no more sauce. I mean, we still always had deadlines and everything like that. You know, it's just, you got to answer the bell. That's all. But I mean, yeah, like you said, I, I, we had a good time when we were, when the, when the sauce was rolling and now, we're having a great, you know, well, I'm having a great time, you know, now that the sauce, I'm not the only one that's sober. So, I mean, you know, the rest of the fellows are still having a good time, but I mean, it's just, uh, just means more for them. There you go. Well, where does this drive come from then, Zach? I'd love to know a little bit about just kind of like your hustle and that ethic, you know, where it comes from. Were you always that way inclined as a kid? Did you always have ambitions and like drive? Yeah, I mean, well, I always, I mean, I'm just saying like when I played little league and when we played football and everything like that, I always loved the, the whole process the, there were, you know, the, the practices, the two a days, you know, cause like a lot of people don't like, they just like playing the game. They don't like practice and they, you know, and, or vice versa. They don't like, uh, like, you know, the whole process of, of, you know, we're practicing and then looking at the, the finished outcome, you know what I mean? So all I mean, that behind I, the scenes I, work. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it all. So, I mean, you know, I enjoyed all the practices and I enjoyed, you know, and then the game day, but, uh, same thing. Like, you know, I enjoy the rehearsals when we go to black label boot camp and us working out the song, seeing everybody and hanging out and then getting ready for the show. So I enjoyed the whole thing. I mean, the, 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 the recording process, you know, the writing process, the recording process. And then, you know, it's like Salvador Dali and you have a blind canvas and you have all these crayons and it's just like you, you can go wherever your imagination takes you. So, and it, it's awesome. So, I mean, it's just like, uh, and then, you, you know, you can see when this thing starts coming to life. I think when you ask any musician or anybody, you know, just, are you writing a movie? And then, you know, you write the exorcist and then all of a sudden, you're directing this thing and then all of a sudden it starts coming to life. And then, you know, as you're editing the movie, you're like, wow, this thing came out really good. So, I mean, you know, and then it starts coming to life and then you're looking at from the beginning to when you started writing this thing to now the finished product when it comes out and, you know, you, and now it's on a, it's in the movies. So, uh, no, I, I think that I love, I love the whole process, you know, cause a lot of people like they enjoy <clears throat> the live shows, and they don't like making the records or they like making the records and they don't like torn. I, I mean, I love the whole thing. You know what I mean? I love the live shows. It's just a free for all. And then you got the studio is more controlled environment. You know, you can sit back and look at the picture and go, nah, you know what? I, I like it more. Let me make it a little more orange over here or whatever. You know, you can sit back and look at it. So, you know, live is just one off. So, you know, it's just, uh, it's a free for all. So, but, uh, like you said, in the studio, it's more of a it's a controlled environment, whereas live, it's just it's throw and go. It's just that's it. But uh, but I love them both. I love I love the whole process. Well, you seem to love it all, man. You seem to love even just like you know, kind of the merchandising and the marketing and the presentation of the thing as well. Like you, you're all in on that creative end of the business spectrum too, which I really yeah, admire I mean, about well, you. I, you know, and I tell you know when people people come up to me and they're like, "Hey, Zach, you got any advice for my?" 
my son or my daughter, you know, they want to be in a band or they want to do music for a living or whatever. You know, I go, yeah, I go, just be like Jimmy Page. You got to be all in, all in, man. I mean, it's just like, and, you know, it's just like, oh, well, you have to have other eggs in your basket. No, there's just one egg in your basket. And that's it. It was Led Zeppelin. And I, there was no, there was no fallback plan. There was no plan B, plan C, plan. No, there is none of that. It's just one. And it's just that, and you, he willed that thing to be successful. Like, I'm going to do this. It's just like, I, you know, this will, we're, you know, we're in the middle of the ocean somewhere. I, you know what? You can't see land for miles. Just keep rolling because we're going to find something. You know, we're going to run into something. So, or you can just sit there defeated and go, we're going to die. You know, so just figure it out, man. You know, so there's really not much of an option there. Either die or you figure, or you keep rowing. And that's it. So, you know, but, uh, no, just like dedicate everything. I mean, it's just like Jimmy Page says, you know, the life of Led Zeppelin was 12 years. It's living, breathing existence. But I mean, his whole life to this day, as we're talking right now, he's the the custodian and the caretaker of the, the whole empire. So, yeah. you know, it, and it's just, you know, create your own reality. I'd be miserable, man. You know what I mean? Be your own Willy Wonka. You know what I'm saying? So Well, look at you, dude. You're a fucking living embodiment of that. And I love it so much. Like, you know, the Doom Crew and the Black Label Society, like that's a worldwide thing as well now that you've built, um, which is amazing. You must be so like proud and stoked of everything yeah, well, that you have I built. Mean, yeah, you got to get, you know, you can't sit on the couch and expect them, you know, things to happen. You just gotta <laughs> if only you yeah. your sleeves and hike up your dress and, and get it done. That's it, man. <laughs> You know, there, there is no substitute for hard work. You just, you just do it. You want it, go get it. That's Amen. why I, I, you know, I tell the same thing with my kids. I mean, it's just like, you know, you want, you want something that, you know, I mean, back in the day, you know, it's just like, you want to get a, you know, a Les Paul, you want to get a Marshall, well, go mow some lawns. It's just sitting there waiting for you to go door to door and knock and get it. You know what I mean? That's all. It just, you know, you can't get mad at somebody if they keep hustling and somebody's got a, you know, a paper route, they clean pools, they do, they mow people's lawns, they do whatever, you know, whatever you can do. So, you know, you can save up for a Marshall or a Les Paul and then what, you know, it's just like the reason why somebody has nice things is because they bust their ass and they put the work in. That's it. Class dismissed. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. There's no formula, is it? It's just work ethic, drive, go. Do you love being a dad, Zach? Like you seem like such a family man. You seem to get so much joy from not just your kids, but I know like, you know, you're a godfather to some of Joey's kids. I, I think one or definitely, well, definitely one. Yeah, maybe. yeah. No, I mean, no, it's, it's great. You love you it. Know what I mean, it's yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything. So, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, I, like you said, I mean, I love the whole thing. I mean, the kids and, and everything like that. I mean, mind you, they talk with their mother more. I, I usually find out stuff like, you know, second, third, fourth versions of things. You know, <laughs> like, you know but uh, yeah, it's just as long as, uh, but yeah, I'm like the, the, the last line of defense when it comes to that stuff. But I mean, uh, but yeah, no, it's great. It's great. But, you know, the whole thing, you know, having, having Barb and, and the kids and everything like that. So it's awesome. Were you childhood sweethearts, you and Barbara Ann? Did you meet when you were kids? No, I've, I've known Barb since like sixth grade. So, wow. you know, and then we went on a date and uh, I couldn't get up her shirt. We went to go see the Urban Cowboy movie. I tried getting up her shirt. She shut me down. So I just dropped it like a bad habit on Monday. <laughs> so, you know, that was the end of that. So she thought I was a tool bag ever since all throughout high school until our senior year of high school. So that's when we had a class together, like business, uh, business ed or something like that, some business class. And then, uh, you know, I, I was sitting next to her and then I would cheat off her tests all the time and just hang out with her. And then we started becoming friends. And then then after that, you know, we just ended up together. So and here we are 30 plus years later. So. Totally. Amazing. That's a rare story in rock and roll as well. Right there, man. Isn't it? That's a special thing. Yeah, well, I mean, but people ask, they're just exactly, is there any secret to it? I go, no, it's just, it's no secret. I think if you ask Mick and Keith, what's the secret to keeping the stones together? Nothing. They enjoy each other's company. You know what I'm saying? I mean, somebody's a tool bag. They got to go, man. I mean, why would you spend, why would you spend 10 minutes, five minutes, or not one minute or one second of your life with somebody you think is a scumbag? I, you know, like they got to go. Just goodbye. I, I, Actually, hopefully I'll never see you again or, you know, or just like, but have a great life. Goodbye. Yeah. 
No hard know, feelings, just no feelings at all. Being in a relationship or even having anybody in your life that you don't like. Now, there's goodbye. I mean, no, that's why I said, like, oh, marriage is work or what? No, it isn't. It's not work. I mean, it's like friendship is work. You need a friend. Uh, you need a friend psychiatrist. Hey, what are you talking about? This guy's a tool bag. He's got to go. I, I don't want to be around this guy. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be in. This guy's gonna be in in a body bag, and I'm gonna be in jail for homicide. No, this guy's gotta go. <laughs> you know. So you just remove that out of your life. You know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, That's I watched um, the other day. I, I'd never seen it before, but I was tr- trying to think of fun things to watch before talking to you, and I saw your roast. And it was just the funniest shit. And there's the scene where William Shatner's giving you the talk. And he's like, I was looking for somebody that had something nobody else had. A really hot wife. Yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, yeah and Barbara Ann, you know, was giving, <laughs> giving Captain Kirk a blowjob. It was great. It was wonderful. How did uh, you, you know, meet William Shatner? How does that friendship Kirk, start? Barb was setting William Shatner's phaser to fun. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was wonderful. <laughs> That's how I got the Aussie gig, by the way. You know what I mean? So anyway, sent Barbara in for special ops to get me the gig. But uh, no, I mean, um, they, I guess Eric and the guys and uh, Josh, who put the, the roast together, they reached out to William Shatner. They had the Ultimate Warrior in it. I mean, uh, like all, all these guys that I like, that I'm massive fan of, you know? So it was, it was literally pretty hysterical because I didn't see any of it. I mean, when I saw it, it was the first time I was seeing it just like everybody else. So it was definitely hilarious. So, uh, but yeah, and then William Shatner came up to the Vatican. I played on his record and it's awesome. So, I mean, amazing guy. I mean, it's just like, and so together, I mean, he knows, remembers everything. I mean, you know, all the, all the stories. Cause I went and saw him uh, at a Star Trek convention. My father brought me and my buddy uh, Bobby when we were kids, cause we were a huge Star Trek fan. So went to some convention in New York city. I think it was uh, at the garden at the felt forum. And uh, I told him about it and he goes, yeah, I remember when we did that one, you know, like he even remember, you know, he remembered that convention. So, I mean, it was just like, uh, it was pretty awesome for sure, without a doubt. And now he's going up into space, man, for real. For so, real. Amazing, isn't it? Totally. <laughs> did he share any good stories with you? I man, the man like that has got a fucking absolute list as long as your arm. Well, yeah, I mean, well, it's the same thing like sitting around with Ozzy, you know what I mean? Or, when you know, when Keezer Butler would be around or any of the guys, you know what I mean? Like hearing these and, you know, didn't, and being such a huge fan and then hearing these like amazing stories is just it's pretty mind-blowing. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, he's, he's one of a kind dude. And Sharon in that roast, she kills it. Like, she's as funny as any of the comedians, if not funnier. She's dropping oh, yeah. some brutal oh, yeah. jokes. Um, she's- <laughs> oh, totally. It was great. It was great, man. I loved every second of it. It was awesome. The you took food, it all so well food. as well. Yeah, the more brutal, the better. I mean, that's the whole point of the roasts. You know what I mean? <laughs> Could you share with me a good Sharon story, Zach? I imagine you get asked about Aussie stories all the time, but for me, Sharon is just as funny. Um, and she seems like somebody who would be like tough 
if she needs to be, but also like super lovely and, and caring. Have you got any fond memories of well, funny I mean, times with Sharon? For me, I mean, you know, like the whole thing is, you know, her mom always gets these, this rap of whatever. I mean, the whole thing is, hey, she's always been, she's always been fair with everybody. You know what I mean? It's just that when people are taking advantage and stuff like that, just like anybody else, you know what I mean? You'd get, you'd be like, nah, I don't think so, man. You know what I mean? But, uh, but no, she just gets that reputation from that. But I mean, she's always been fair with everybody. You know what I mean? It's just like, uh, you know, and then obviously she's got to protect Ozzy. You know what I mean? Just like how Peter Grant would protect Led Zeppelin if they're getting ripped off. She's like, nah, this ain't right. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's you know, I, I think the stories get blown out of proportion in that regard. You know what I mean? So it's just like, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with hanging someone out of a building, you know, when you're like 18 stories up. I mean, you know, the guy wanted to rip you off for like 18 cents, you know? So that's the reason why we brought him up 18 stories and hung him out the building. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's a naive, we want that money back, you know, but uh, no, I mean, you know, I mean, all the stories are it's just common sense, man. You know, you, you treat people, you treat people the way they treat you, you know? Oh. Is that where you learned that from? Because, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier, like being out on the road with you, you treated me so well. Um, you know, and obviously your introduction, I guess, to big scale touring would have been with Ozzy. Is that kind of where you learned how to treat, you know, your crew and, and, and the support acts and everybody out on the road with you was through watching how they treated people? Well, no, I mean, I don't think you need to be taught that. I, I mean, I, you know, I mean, yeah, your parents can teach you manners and everything like that the right way, you know, but you being kind to people, I mean, that's just, you know, it's just, you're either a tool bag or you ain't, you know what I mean? So no, I, I just, because yeah, people always ask, you know, exactly, like, what did you learn from your father and what did you learn from Ozzy? I go, nothing that I didn't already know. You know what I mean? No, you just, you, you be a good person, you work hard and that's it. I, you know, I, I don't know, you know, but if you don't know that already, I mean, you know, then, you know, lions surround themselves with other lions. They don't, you know, the hyenas, they don't roll with them. So, and they get sorted out and they just, and they, they fall by the wayside. So uh, now you already know when you're born, when you, you know, when a lion's born, it's just, it doesn't need to be told what it is. It, it already knows. Like a great white shark. You know what I mean? It doesn't need to be told. It's, and its parents just leave it right there. And it already knows what it's got to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I'm going to be an actor and I'm going to be in a movie called Jaws. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> A great white already knows what it needs to do. So, do you, uh, do you remember I, seeing that movie at the cinema when you were a kid? It was such a big movie at that time. Oh yeah, I remember my father took me to that one, man. I was I was uh, eight years old or eight or nine years old when my father took me. Yeah, beyond terrified. I was terrified to sit on the toilet when I got home, bro. <laughs> Literally, terrified. I thought a great white was going to jump out of the toilet and bite my ass, man. <laughs> There's no beach holidays getting booked that summer, is there? Seventy-seven after Jaws comes out. No, forget about it, man. Yeah, when you're when you're nine years old, I mean, I was beyond terrible. But mind you, I wanted to become a marine biologist after seeing that, though, because I love great white sharks. So, you know, like all I think all boys love great white sharks. I mean, you know, it, it, all my all our kids, between Jesse, John, Michael, Hendrix, and Sabbath, whenever Shark Week comes on, they're glued to it. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah, it's just it's a great white shark, man. What were you doing for work, Zach, before, you know, you joined Aussie Band? What, what, how were you earning money as a kid before that? Well, no, I worked at, a, worked at a gas station, Getty Gas Station. I was a produce, worked in the produce department at Fine Fair. Fine Fair, because it's a family affair. And I worked at a supermarket in the produce section. And I, uh, you know, obviously mowing lawns and stuff like that. And then, uh, what else I do? It was mostly just pumping gas and then doing everything like that. And then, you know, so I was teaching guitar and stuff like that. But then, uh, you know, and then I started playing with Oz when I was 19. So, you know, 19, 20 years old is when I started with the boss. And that's just the most, I mean, I know you've told that story a billion times, so I won't ask you to tell it now. But like just that whole story of, of going from total obscurity to playing guitar with the biggest legend in rock and roll. It's like a dream, isn't it? It's such a phenomenal success story. No, totally, man. Without a doubt. <clears throat> so, you know, and being such a huge fan, I mean, because it's so funny because like Randy St. Rhodes wasn't, he didn't like Black Sabbath at all. And, you know, I mean, I just, I just assumed everybody loves Black Sabbath, you know what I mean? Being a kid. So, uh, you know, 
I mean, how could you not like Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin and, you know, all these other, you know, it's just like every, or the Beatles or the Stones. I I just figure everybody likes them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. uh, But yeah, it was so funny when Randy got the band in the band, but I mean, but then again, I mean, that's what made that suit work was the fact that Randy was coming from a whole other direction and then Ozzy was here and that's what made it sound fresh and new and unique. But, uh, no, but when I came in, I'm a, I'm just a huge Sabbath fan. So I mean, and obviously, you know, Ozzy when he did, I was a fan of obviously Saint Rhodes, huge on me, and I love Jake. So you know, I'm a, I'm a fan. You know, here I am having posters of Manchester United up on my wall and all the great players, and now I'm I'm wearing the uniform and I'm playing at Manchester United. So that's pretty much my story. You know, it'd be like David Beckham his whole life loving Manchester United, and then he's finally playing for the team. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty surreal for sure. As as a kid, of, blessed, man. as a kid of that age with that little experience in that arena, um, where does the confidence come from? You know, obviously you can play; that's why you get the gig. But it also takes having that self belief as well. Were you a confident kid or did you kind of just have to like learn to run before you could walk in that situation? Like put me in the mindset of being 19 and on stage with Ozzy. Yeah. You just gotta, you just gotta come in there and, and, you know, I mean, just like with Randy, I mean, like it's like him coming in after Lord Iomi, you know what I mean? It's just like, you can't think you got to fill somebody's shoes. You got to bring in your own set of shoes. You know what I mean? And that's what, that's what Randy did. And the same thing with Jake, you know, I mean, Jake would, Jake had it worse than me because Jake was coming in right after, right after Randy. You know what I mean? So, you know, but, uh, and Jake just, you know, he answered the bell. He came in and just sounded like Jake. You know what I mean? You can't copy somebody. You know what I mean? In that regard, I'm saying, you know, everybody's unique anyway. Even when it doesn't matter who you are. I mean, like the, the whole thing is you can play the same licks as somebody else. You're going to sound like, it's going to sound like shippy shipwreck playing, <laughs> A Keith Richards lick, you know what I mean? No matter whether you're sober or you just had another bottle of jacket, you know, what I mean? it's gonna sound like shippy shipwreck. So I mean, but uh, no, just like you know, Keith Richards could play Chuck Berry licks, but it's gonna sound like Keith playing Chuck Berry licks. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's the beauty of it, isn't Which it? That's why it yeah, sounds I, good. I think that's a beautiful thing. When when Randy was playing Sabbath songs, it sounds like Randy playing Sabbath songs. You know what I mean? Because it's. And I think that's the beautiful thing about it. You know, everybody has their own fingerprint on everything. Even if you try to play it exactly the same with all the vibrate, you know, the same exact inflections, you're going to have your own, your own thing in there. You know what I mean? Which is, which is awesome. That's what makes, that's what makes it so much fun. I've got an Aussie story to tell you, Zach. You'll enjoy this. I've only interviewed him once in my life. It was over the phone. And I was asking him about uh, Mama, I'm Coming Home, because it's just one of my favorite songs ever, and, and the lyrics particularly. And I knew that Lemmy had written them, but I wanted to kind of hear Ozzy's version of events. And he's like, well, you know, I went to Lem's house, I gave him the music, you know, I, I came back later that afternoon, and he'd written two versions of the same song. Two versions in an afternoon? He goes, if that was me, it would have taken a month. Longer than a month. <laughs> oh, totally, man. No, let me knock it out of the park on that one. Yeah, I mean, let me was just like, God, just send me to send the music over and what you guys have, you know, because like we just had like a re- rehearsal of it and Ozzy with the the melody, you know, and and so this way, Lemmy's got to fit the syllables, the words got to fit, you know, the melody. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, but uh, no, I mean Ozzy and Lemmy, I mean they're. Aside of great friends, they were a great team together too, you know, because Ozzy, Lemmy wrote a couple of lyrics, Hellraiser, and he wrote a couple other lyrics on the record. You know what I mean? So, but uh, yeah, without a doubt. That's an amazing man right there. Did you have some nights with Lemmy back in the day? Did you enjoy yeah, some, some nights? I mean, when he rolled with us on the No More Tears tour, it was, um, it was great, you know, like hanging out with Lemmy. I mean, it was just super cool and just, just great people and, you know, and then you hear all the stories and everything. It's just amazing. You know, not once ever did I ever see him hammered, ever. All those times we'd go out drinking or whatever. Never. No, never. Ever. Just always straight. You know, I mean, no matter if he drank, you know, 10 bottles of Jack Daniels, he was still, he was still every, he's still able to work heavy machinery at that point. You know what I mean? So, uh, 
Yeah, he was always on top of it, always in control and, and everything like that. So, uh, but yeah, he was truly unique. I mean, when you really think about his legacy, I mean, it's just, it really is awesome in regards to he lived his life exactly the way he wanted to live it. Like, no one's going to tell me what to do. No one's like, I'm going to play my music and I'm not going to conform to anything. Whether I sell a million records or I sell three records, you know what I mean? It's just, I'm going to be happy doing my own thing. Whether it's my own little world, I'm happy in it. You know what I mean? I like going, I, I do my tours. I don't need to be married. I don't need to be, I don't need to fit into these confines of everything you need, you know, that I have to do. Well, you should be doing this. You should be doing, no, I, I want to do what I want to do, what makes me happy. So, uh, I mean, that truly is his legacy to me. You know, it's just the, the freedom of just doing things your way and not, and, and sticking to it. You know what I mean? So, uh, without a doubt. Yeah. Telemi. That's, that's a really cool thing to, that you pointed out there. It's about this idea of, you know, some people say, oh, I'm an outlaw. I, I marched to the beat of my own drum. But he truly did, didn't he? He lived by example and he forged his own path. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's not like you have to be an outlaw and go against things. It's just like, no, I don't like that. I'm not going to do that. You know, it's like, why don't you shave? Or why don't you, let me, why don't you do this? Or why don't you do that? Or why don't we try this? Well, it's like, no, I, I don't feel comfortable doing that. I'm not going to do it. You know, and I'm just saying like that in regard to anything in your life. You know what I mean? It's just like you have some job and you can't stand it and you're making good money. You're just like, I, I don't like doing this, man. I'd rather do, I'd rather make less money and do this because I'm, I'm happier. You know what I mean? And it, you can't put a price tag on your happiness, man. You, you just can't. So, you know, that's, that's, a, that's just the secret to life right there, man. Amen. Zach, I went for a really long walk today and I listened to the two Book of Shadows albums um, and they're just beautiful. Like I know that you've always been interested in Almond Brothers and, and country music and Skinner and all of that. And obviously, you know, Pride and Glory preceded Black Label. But hearing you strip it back on those two albums, obviously, you know, there's some shredding in there as well. But like it's a different gear, isn't it? And I just thought they were just such amazing records. It's the first time like I delved into both and explored them in succession. And it was just blown away. Amazing songwriting, amazing playing, amazing singing. Love them. Uh, thanks a lot, brother. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, as much as I love listening to Zeppelin doing, you know, Black Dog, I love when they do going to California and the same thing with Sabbath. I can listen to Into the Void and then I love it when it changes, you know. So, yeah, I've always loved the, you know, the heavy stuff and I love the, the mellow stuff, sitting behind a piano or sitting with an acoustic guitar. It's just, a, it's just another, it's just a whole other world, you know what I mean? Just the, the mellow stuff. And I, like you said, I love both. So why not do both? But uh, yeah, when we do the Book of Shadows records, this way, you know, I mean, because there's mellow stuff on Black Label things as well, but I, it's just the Book of Shadows record, you know exactly what you're getting. It's going to be mellow from the, the moment you put the needle on the thing to the end of the record, you know, so. Do you feel like you can delve into different topics and explore different lyrical ideas w with those albums, you know, perhaps? No, I mean, no just the, the lyrics are, the lyrics are whatever interests me is what I what I'm going to write about, you know, whatever, whatever subject matter I want to write about or something that interests me or, you know, usually something that's happened to me or something that's happened to somebody else I know or whatever, you know, or I could be reading something or, you know, or somebody I think had an amazing life. It's just like, yeah, wow. But, you know, I can tell you what I wrote the song about, you know, but between metaphors and everything like that, you'd be like, Zach, I would have never known that's what that song's about. You know what I mean? But that's, but that's the beautiful thing about lyrics and, and, songs in general because they can mean you could have three different people and they mean a song means something completely different to each person you know what i mean that's a, that's the great thing about music yeah if it comes from the heart and it's just truthful then people attach to it and identify with it don't they because real recognizes real and and that's the thing that i love about music more than anything i think is it's this universal language that transcends Bar like boundaries and barriers it's just like somebody telling their truth it connects with you and you experience it together it's amazing yes and you know that's the reason why i was such a huge fan of the macarena you know what i mean <laughs> it's, it's universal 
Yes, it's universal. It spoke to me, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. <laughs> Are you still having fun on social media? You're one of my favorite people to follow on there. Um, you know, even in the last couple of years, when things have been a bit dark for quite a few people in the entertainment industry, um, there's always this bright light of hope, which is Zach Wilde online. Um, you know, the humor always comes across, and it continues to. And I love that about oh, it's, you. It's, it's it's slightly painful. I mean, between JD and the beatdowns he puts on me. <laughs> but uh, you know, I do it for other people's happiness and they're there, you know, to put, put a, a moment of joy into people's lives. It's slightly painful. I'm in the ER. And, <laughs> you're, you know, you're suffering for the great good of humanity. Intensive care unit as well, many a time. But uh, it's, you know, I do it for people's joy and people's happiness. I like to bring that light into people's lives, as painful as it is. Dude, and you do. You absolutely do. I hope you know that you do. Um, What's the connection that you share with your audience? Because, you know, you've got your own fucking, we were talking earlier on about like creating your own universes. You have that. What does the BLS crew mean to you, you know, worldwide? Well, no, I mean, to me, it's, it's one extended family. I mean, I always thought the coolest thing ever was like when I was growing up, uh, my buddy uh, Scott, he had 11, you know, there was six brothers and five sisters. He had the Smiths. They lived next door to us. I remember Dougie's, uh, Scott's older brothers, uh, were his one older brother, Dougie, him and his buddies, they were all deadheads. And I just thought the coolest thing about the dead was, I mean, it really was its own world. I mean, I'm just saying like, well, they'd have friends from all over the place, whether it was from, you know, we we're in Jersey, they had friends from like Staten Island, Boston, Philadelphia, all over the place from, you know, around that area, Trenton, Connecticut, they'd all get together in Jersey. And then have these massive blowout keg parties. And then they'd go road trip and and go follow the dead for like a week or a week and a half, two weeks or whatever. And they they did this pilgrimage. Like every time the dead would be on tour, I was like, that, that is like the coolest thing that this band is actually just bringing people together from all over. And like, you know, people you would have never known. It's like, man, how'd you know, uh, you know, how'd you, wouldn't you meet Shippy Shipwreck? And it's just like, oh, no, dude, you know, I saw you in a bar with a Black Sabbath T-shirt on. And I was like, hey, man, you going to the gig or whatever? And you're like, yeah, man. And then we just start talking. And next thing you know, you're the best man at my wedding eight years from now. But yeah. what brought us together was the band. You know what I mean? And then we all, and it keeps us all, all our friends together and everything like that is the, and the common thread we have is, is the band. So I just always thought that was like the coolest thing ever because it's bigger, it's bigger than a band. You know, it just it, it takes on a life of its own. So I mean, it's pretty much what Black Label's at right now. I mean, it's just like people from all over the world are just we have like you know that's the rolling gig. We have like chapters all over the world. So you know, people keep in touch, especially with social media nowadays. You know, you can keep in touch with your friends that are in England. You know, the UK chapter. It's like, oh, dude, I'll fly out. You know, for the, the Royal Albert Hall show. Like when we played there, there was people from states that were flying out. It was like, man, I've never been to England before. Actually, I'm going to go see, we'll go see the band and make it an event. You know, so like you go see the band, but you're going to hang out in England with your friends and go all these pubs and have a good time and everything like that. But, but what brought you all together was the band. So, yeah, it's, it's great. It's more like I would say that, but we don't have fans. We have this more fans, like one gigantic family. So it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, you're very right. Um, you mentioned the Royal Albert Hall there. What did it mean to you to play that building? And when did you first become aware of that as a hallowed ground of Well, yeah, I mean, I, well, you know, the Royal Albert Hall is kind of like for Ozzy and everybody else. It's like Madison Square Garden. You know, I mean, it's like that's, yep. you know, the Beatles played there, the Stones played there, Cream played there, Zeppelin, Sabbath. I mean, that's, I mean, all, all, our, all my heroes have played the Royal Albert Hall, so... No, it was definitely an honor, and it was like, wow, I can't believe we're playing here. So it was definitely beyond awesome, for sure. When you play with Ozzy now, do you notice Black Label fans in the crowd? Do you get a lot of that? Like, do you see the oh, yeah. jackets well, and the uh, patches? Yeah. I, mean, and... Well, you got, I mean, at a Black Label gig, we got, you know, Dimebag fans coming down. You got Ozzy fans. You know, because I just look out in the crowd, you see the shirts. You know, you see Dimebag shirts. I see Ozzy shirts. I see, you know, Sabbath shirts. You know, I mean, that's – it's one, you know – uh, it's yeah everybody's on the same page so um yeah it's awesome same thing you know i mean if you're if you're a black label fan you're gonna be an aussie fan and a dimebag fan you know hell yeah dude well listen i'll let you go in a minute before we do um zach sabbath 
is there any plans to do a, another re-record of, of another Sabbath yeah, album? Is all right, it... knock them all out, man. I guess we're going to do the Paranoid record next. You know what I mean? Why That's not? happening, is it? Yeah, for sure. We'll do them all. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I don't doubt it. If you say it, I believe it will happen. Um, well, fucking hey, dude, it's been so nice catching up with you, man. And um, like I said, just thank you for everything. You're you uh, got it, brother, Matt. We'll be rolling before you know it, man. I hope so. Um, yeah, give my love to Talina, and um, we'll talk soon. Have a great Christmas and all of that. And um, I got you, my brother. 2022 is going to be the year. I can feel it. Everything's then, coming yeah, back. Next time we see you, when we're out on the road with our Zach Sapp at the Black Label, I'll have a bottle of, I'll have two bottles, a bottle of Jack for you, and then non-alcoholic Jack. You know, it tastes <laughs> like Jack, there's no alcohol on it. So you can choose whatever one you want to go with. I can do the blue or the red pill option, Matrix yes, style. exactly. I'll have both for you, bro. <laughs> Zach, always a pleasure, my friend. My Thank brother. you so much, dude. Um, enjoy, the, enjoy the rest of the tour. See you soon. Oh, don't be father, man. Take it easy, my brother. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.